afternoon and welcome to the boldness on 3CR 855 AM. The boldness is about standing up for your human rights instead of waiting for some well-meaning person to give them to you. My name is Rafael Taleb. Today I am talking with Liz Wright about electronic scooters. How are you doing today, Liz? Pretty good, thanks, Ralph. How are you? Um, so, like, we're talking about it. it's actually a hot topic, this electronic scooters and how they affect people with a disability. I did a little bit of research into this about e-scooter injuries and hospitalisations. It's a good way to start. The article is from 2022, and it says, injuries to people riding electronic scooters in Victoria have increased 234% in the past year, leading to 427 hospital admissions, mainly due to bo- broken bones. And this article was from the age in 2022. Now, since then, e-scooters have come all the rage. Let's have a talk about, as a person, what do you think of e-scooters? Well, I have to say, as a person, a proud woman with disability, my disability is that I have low vision, uh, so I have less than 10% of my sight, which means I don't drive. I don't use e-scooters either. But I am confronted with e-scooters um, in in the congestion of footpaths, as I walk along, there's e-scooters. There's a lot of things to dodge and duck and weave around because um, footpaths are no longer now footpaths. They're basically like mini streets for vehicles. So as, along with um, e-scooters, there's, you know, food delivery, motorbikes, you know, little electronic, um, a little, sorry, e-bikes, there's also people walking along all over the footpath, looking at their phones. So for me now, walking has become something that I have to be quite self-conscious about rather than, like most people, walk along, look at shops, look at people, um, talk to your friend. I have to be really careful. And e-scooters are really, really dangerous for me because they're dumped on the footpath everywhere. So at the moment, I live in rural Victoria, but I work in the CBD. Um, I work in an office that's in Burke Street, and everyone that I work with has a disability, all very different. But often when we leave our building at the bottom of the ramp, um, there's a ramp and a couple of stairs, there's often e-scooters dumped there. So 
My wheelchair using colleagues have to be really careful all the time when they're leaving and coming into the office. It's created a congestion. Now, my problem is not so much about e-scooters themselves. My problem is about the lack of regulation, the lack of safety and the lack of courtesy around where they left. Look, that's actually one of the big sticking points. It's very, very topical. And speaking of being topical, it is February. And what happens at 3CR 8.55am, we do have subscriber month. So make sure that you ring in on 94198377. And you can support the boldness by saying this is the show that you listen to by during subscriber month. And how this relates to being actually really topical that had, there's a lot of actually hazards on the footpath at the best of times, not only, as we've I've just heard from you, Liz, around the people, the bikes, how it affects the other people. It's not just the riding of them, but it's actually where it's left and also in the wider community and work colleagues. Now, that raises some very, very interesting points that we're going to cover a little bit later on. How did that, from as a person, how do you feel about the e-scooters on a footpath if they are dodging in and out of pedestrians trying to get to somewhere a little bit quicker as a person, as a low vision? How do you feel? Well, like I said before, I feel like um, my walking to and fro around the city, at this stage with my eyesight, I don't use a cane or a guide dog, but um, I still should have the right to be able to move freely like any any other person. So my human rights, I believe, are being compromised here. And the thing is, I have to be really, really careful. I have to be on high alert. I don't use my phone when I'm walking along anymore. I used to just put like one earbud in and listen to music while I was walking along and leave the other one out so I could listen for traffic or listen for anything that, you know, might warn me of, you know, an impending kind of obstacle or something. I don't do that anymore. Um, The other thing too is it's not just the... Um, e-scooter riders that are injured, it's a lot of pedestrians. So if we're looking at the cost to the taxpayer, the cost to um, good health and well-being for a lot of citizens, if we've got um, e-scooters creating injuries because of the lack of regulation, because of the fact that they're on footpaths, um, we are looking at crisis in hospital, in emergencies, in emergency departments, plus um, I read an article that was um, on ABC where a doctor from the Royal Melbourne Hospital was basically saying because they have to deal with these emergency situations of e-scooter riders and pedestrians, it's taking away from other core business that they could be doing, such as elective surgery. And a lot of elective surgery isn't just elective. It just comes under that umbrella of elective. Um, and it's clogging up the system. So I believe that the government and local councils who take on these trials need to set in place regulations and take the e-scooters off the footpaths and put them onto shared pathways. Even that I don't really like. I'm going to take that back, put them on the road. 
And I believe that there needs to be training and consequences for when they're dumped, you know, when, when they're dumped in the middle of, you know, uh, pathways. I just think it's irresponsible. Well, look, is that this comes into one of those really good points on how e-scooters and pedestrians, from the outset, I'm going to make it very clear, I don't feel safe on the footpath with the e-scooters because I don't. Is that I found, and I am a person-sighted person, and I yeah. do live with sentry overload, and I'm not too sure what they're going to do, and I've seen them cut through a lot of people. You need to get out of it, and they're saying you need to get out of it. I don't think that's what I don't think that's actually no. right. So I can only imagine what it may be like for people who identify of having low vision because I think it's actually difficult at the best of times, let alone them coming in and out. But it comes, what you've actually brought up, injuries and e-scooters, who is responsible? And we come into this legal minefield, and that's what it actually Mm. is, that... There's different laws that appear in different states and they are not consistent. We're going to discuss a few of these problems there. Now, there's, and one of the articles I came across as part of the research for this story, which is why people subscribe to 3CR 855am, was an article by Morris Blackburn when it comes down to insurance, yeah. who is responsible. And even the point that you've made about elective surgery, I wonder how many of those surgeries that are classed as elective are a direct result of e-scooters taking it away from what other people should do. Now, oh, I how don't do know. Think, I think, how I, do you I think, think this uh, should be addressed? I, th- I think it should be regulated. That's that's basically what I think. I mean, the two companies that are doing the trial in Melbourne basically put out a statement saying that um, they don't tolerate um, illegal behaviour on their scooters. Who's monitoring that? I don't know who's monitoring that. I don't think anyone is. They don't tolerate um, that the e-scooters, you know, should be left anywhere. No one's monitoring that. The other thing is they talked about comprehensive training. Now, I know loads of people who just pick up the scooters and ride them. No one's had training. I think that's a furphy. So either the companies become responsible and basically do not um, have this as a self, a self uh, where you can just pick up a scooter yourself without actually having to speak to or um, acknowledge someone who's re- re- uh, renting them to you because who, I mean, uh, there's so many times I see two people without helmets riding one scooter. Um, so, you know, and also the facts speak for themselves. If we look at other countries, um, other cities around the world, New York City's banned them, um, San Francisco's banned them, Madrid's banned them, West Hollywood, Beverly Hills, um, you know, they've banned them because uh, they're not actually really safe and useful for people and they're not monitored. So in Paris, for example, 89% of the residents there voted against having e-scooters and to stop having them because they cited safety concerns. 
I mean, I, I live in Bendigo and Bendigo is just about to get the scooters and it's like, are we not learning anything from anybody? Yep, and this is actually the overseas experience that you're actually talking about what what has actually happened on how to actually monitor them. Now, one of the problems I actually have with e-scooters and quoting from Morris Block, morrisblackburn.com.au, a guide to e-scooter safety and danger. It's a, it has this little subsection, do you need insurance to ride an e-scooter? And, quote, e-scooters are not required to be registered, so therefore it is not compulsory for you to obtain personal insurance to ride an e-scooter. Now... That's one problem with it, that Mm. people can acquire injuries, which means they can acquire a disability and become part of the disability community through no fault of their own. But where it comes down to monitoring the scooters and their use, because the regulations and legislation is very different in all the states... Well, they're not regulated, Yeah, and that's exactly what the problem actually is with that. Yeah, they're just not regulated and no one is actually um, doing stuff. Like I understand that they're fun. I do not doubt that they're fun, but take them off the footpath and, you know, make sure they're regulated. That's that's. That's my main point. I, as a woman with disability, I should be able to walk around and not fear for my safety walking on a footpath. I should be able to walk from A to B. I should be able to go from my office to get lunch. I should be able to go from my um, anywhere. I should be able to walk like any other ordinary person without being fearful of being injured. And it's been, I've had many close calls. Yep, and... That's actually a really good point for us to play some community service announcements. And then we'll continue talking with Liz Wright as a disability advocate around the dangers of e-scooters to people with a disability. The Boldness thanks our program sponsors, Clubmates Travel, for their financial support. Clubmates Travel are NDIS-registered providers specialising in supported holidays for people living with disability. Their holiday packages include accessible accommodation, transport, an itinerary full of inclusive activities and fun support staff. Everyone deserves a holiday. Visit clubmatestravel.com.3CR subscriber? We really need our listeners to subscribe to the station. It helps us remain financially independent and is an important part of our community governance. It's just $40 concession, $80 waived, $150 for a band or organization, and $300 solidarity. Become a 3CR subscriber today. 3CR Radical Radio.
Welcome back to the boldness on 3CR 855 AM. That was Guilty by the Dorks. And just a little quick reminder that February is subscriber month. So make sure that you jump on the 3CR website, www.3cr.org.au to support community independent radio so we can continue to keep bringing stories such as the dangers of e-scooters. And we are talking with Liz Wright. Okay, now, Liz, just before we had the community service announcements, yeah. You mentioned that to do with work that you should be able to go onto the footpath and walk as a pedestrian the same way as other people should be able to. The legal if you were let's say hit by an electronic scooter, I wonder if that actually is covered by work cover. Uh, yeah, I should be able to, but I don't think that I don't think that only work cover should be responsible. I would be a if I was injured while walking around and frankly if someone stacked into me and then they decided to just nick off visually I wouldn't be able to identify that person so I would see it as for me if I do get stacked into you know I see that as a crime <laughs> sorry I just do I, I just think of it as as uh, you know, I should be able to walk freely like any other person. And, you know, able-bodied people have this difficulty with, you know, e-scooters on the footpath as well. Electric scooters go pretty bloody fast and it's just really easy for them to think that we should move out of their way. But I just, I, you know, I, I've, I can't see them till they're upon me. So I have to be alert all the time. It's quite exhausting, to be honest. Oh, look, it would be. Now, let's try to come across for some of the possible alternatives. What do you think of the idea of e-scooters having a separate lane on the road, for example? Would that make... I just want them off the footpath. I don't care about about where they go. I know that when bike lanes were being extended across the city, that was kind of controversial because car drivers think that they own the roads and aren't, you know, happy about sharing with bikes. So I suspect that if there was going to be a specific e-scooter lane, I think it would take a long time for one thing. And I think there would be a lot of people objecting to that and saying we're already on congested roads with bikes and cars and adding another thing. I I, I don't really know. I don't really well, know what well, the solution is. Well, I was going to actually put up there another one of those what-if scenarios. I would argue if e-scooters are, because they are dangerous to people on the footpath, especially people with a disability, I would actually mm. argue if e-scooters are around and they're not going to, they're not banned at this stage, the e-scooters really should, share the bike lane which already does exist and put them on the road and let them sort out the problems instead of putting people with a disability at risk. Well, you know, I work I work and have friendships with some people who are wheelchair users and I feel that if I should be able to walk alongside my friend and talk on the, on the footpath without having to be in, in single file or 
not talk because we're on high alert in case we have to move out of the way, you know. So I just really think this is more than just uh, about e-scooters. I think it is a human rights issue. I really do. I just, I mean, I've, I've said that before, but I, I just think what happens, where do I go if I can't walk on a footpath? Yep. Like I, I don't have a, a, you know, I don't have a choice to go on a bike lane or the road. I happen to see that with the e-scooters, I happen to agree they should not be on the footpath. The human rights ones gets into a bit of a touchy subject because I remember doing a course on human rights, the only guaranteed human rights freedom from slavery and torture. I think I should be, you know, one of my rights is to move freely around the country I live in and to be able to be on footpath, like to be on a footpath or to, you know, be able to enter and exit a building without thinking I could be injured. You're up on this one because that would actually almost fall under the disability legislation. Putting the e-scooters on the footpath, it would prevent people with a disability from going around their normal state of business Exactly. My freedom from walking around is compromised. I don't like it. And I would like to, you know, be active about this because I don't want to be injured. I'm of a certain age where when you get injured, it's harder to recover. It's also the fact is I I just want to be able to go to work. I want to be able to, you know, walk down the street. And I am quite fearful of them starting up here in Bendigo uh, as well. I just know they're not going to be regulated. We know that. We know that for a fact. So for me, I just, they just need to be off the footpath. As simple as that. Basically, what it really comes down to, you'd like the footpath to be safer for everybody, not just people with a disability. I mean, I mean, if you look at the CBD in Melbourne, there's a lot of people sleeping rough. Um, and I believe that they have the right to be safe too. And so, I mean, that's that's real estate on the footpath as well, but they're not hurtling around, you know, at great speed. And there's also, there's a lot of people in the CBD in the day and there's a lot of people even not in the CBD but in other places who can only use the footpath. So, you know, I just think we need to be mindful that there's a lot of stuff going on. Like like I said, food delivery electric bikes, e-scooters. The other day I got out of a taxi at Elizabeth Street and I was Elizabeth and Burke and I went to cross over to the footpath to go into an arcade and there was a real motorbike on the footpath coming up behind me at not a, at not a really slow speed. That person was riding on the footpath to go and park out the front of their building and that was quite frightening. I got taken aback by that as well. So I just think there's a lot of stuff going on that no one's, like, monitoring. And that's actually one of those huge problems, first and foremost, from any perspective. It's really about people with a disability, access and inclusion, having the same rights as everybody else, and it's quite clear that having the e-scooters on the footpath is impinging on people with a disability. And to wrap up, last words is, what is the one thing you would like done about the e-scooters and footpaths? I'd like them off the footpaths and regulated. Thank you very much for your uh, time, Liz. It's been great talking with you. Thank you very much. My name is Rafael Caleb. I have been talking with 
Liz Wright, Disability Advocate. Thank you very much for your time. Thanks very much, Raphael. I really appreciate having a bit of a soapbox here to talk about one of my pet peeves, so thank you. I'd also like to say February is a time to subscribe to 3CR. If you could subscribe to The Boldness, that would be amazing. It's great to have a show on 3CR that talks about disability issues. So 3CR, 8.55am, subscribe during February. Thank you. Thank you very much, that Liz. That was wonderful. We've been talking with Liz Wright, a disability advocate, about the dangers of e-scooters in the community to people with a disability. A very quick call out, recognising the winner of the Access Inclusion Award in the Shire of Mitchell. Well done, to Mitchell Rangers Soccer Club. Many congratulations on your All Abilities programming, making it much easier for everybody in the community, for those people with a disability, to participate in the joy of playing sport. The Boldness will be back on Wednesday, the 20th of March. Make sure that you subscribe to 3CR by calling 039419 8377 or go to the 3CR website, which is www.3cr.org.au to subscribe. Make sure that you nominate The Boldness as your favourite program. Let's finish up with a song by a rural artist, Rachel O'Neill. This is Renegade by Rachel O'Neill. Keep listening to 3CR 855 AM. Too much that you just ignore 